Macworld Podcast number 324 for October 17th, 2012. Welcome to another Macworld Podcast. I'm Chris Breen. Yesterday, Apple announced yet another autumn event because apparently they ran out of time in the last go-round and got thrown out of the building. So, back the company comes with more stuff that can, presumably, rest under the holiday shrubbery. To discuss what that might be, I'm joined by a gaggle of Macworld editors, right about now. I'm joined by Dan Frakes. Hello, Chris. Dan Morin. Hello, Chris. And Lex, a.k.a. Honorary Dan Friedman. I've always wanted to be a Dan, so thank you. You are today. It's an upgrade. And we're, it is. And we're here to discuss Apple's We Have a Little More to Show event next week. So we'll start it off by a show of virtual hands. Is there anyone here who thinks this is anything other than the iPad mini? I, I think I clearly demonstrated in my in my pre-existing uh, diatribe on the subject that I do not believe it's the iPad mini, which I now will firmly retract because I'm a stupid person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so Dan Moran says, yes, iPad mini. Lex? I think it's going to be an iPad mini event, but not only an iPad mini event. I think there'll be a few other exciting things there, too. Okay. And Dan Frakes? Yeah, I'm with Lex. I think it's definitely iPad mini, uh, but also some other things. Okay. Well, obviously, we're not here to rumor monger. Our job instead is to speculate, which is in almost every way a much nicer term. <laughs> so speculate we shall. First, Business interests and market dominance aside, is an iPad mini really necessary? So is the world crying out for a smaller tablet with the Apple name on it? I don't know about crawling out, but uh, I think there's a there's room for a, a move there because we've seen a lot of smaller tablets from other sources like uh, and Google and Amazon. And it seems like there's a slot in the market for people who do want something that is smaller than the iPad. Um, but I think Apple sees it more as an additional uh, option that they can give their users. So now, you know, if you want an iOS device, you've got your choice of anywhere from a, yeah, a 3.5-inch screen to a 4-inch screen to potentially a 7-inch screen to a 10-inch screen. So, you know, that's a lot of variability in the same way that they have a 20-inch iMac and a 13-inch MacBook Pro and an 11-inch MacBook Pro. You know, there's, there's various ways to get your fix for iOS. Yeah, I, I've I've been using a, a Nexus Seven since I guess July when they came out, and, um, and I'm a big. Hey, it, if there was an iPad, I would have got it. No, no but uh, seriously, I, I got it a lot for for testing things around the office and to be familiar with the Android. And uh, I really like the, the 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 size. It's for some things the iPad is just a little too heavy and big, like reading in bed at night. Um, you know, on even on a plane sometimes. And uh, that's one reason I think that the Kindles have done so well is because they're this nice paperback size um, a, a screen. And it's great for reading. It's great for even for things like movies and games uh, for times when the, the iPad is a little too big. And so I'm actually a big fan. And I've been saying for a while, I just wish this thing was an iPad. Um, but uh, on top of that, I think that you know, Dan kind of got into this in that it's a it's a it's a nice spot for Apple to have something because right now there's a big hole right there, and uh, somebody uh, earlier this summer did a big market analysis article where he talks about the, the the price umbrella in Apple's product line and that you you can start it for the iPhone you can start it free and go all the way up to like eight hundred and fifty bucks 
for a no contract top of the line model. Um, from the iPod, you go from like forty nine dollars up to three ninety nine, um, but for the iPad, you start with last year's model at three ninety nine and go up to almost nine hundred bucks. And so there's a huge gap under there that um, I don't know that it's people are flocking to it, but that cheaper competitors can take advantage of. And you know, Google's trying to do it with the Nexus Seven. Uh, Amazon's trying to do it, and we're seeing two hundred, two hundred fifty dollar tablets. So I think Apple saw that as you know, this is something we need to we need to offer something there. I, I think that I agree with literally everything Dan Frakes just said, which is very unusual for both of us. But you know, one thing that I, I, I first of all, I think that if Apple really wanted to be compelling with their advertisements for this supposed iPad Mini, then all they need to show is a a guy in bed with a giant bruise on his nose from having fallen asleep and letting his full-size iPad drop on his face. And that, to me, is the big reason to buy the iPad mini. But I do have to wonder, you know, you mentioned, Dan, that, that price point, and I think that you're exactly right, that it's it's less about having a smaller iPad than it is about having a lighter and cheaper iPad, and the only way to do that is to make it smaller, too. Um, and I, I guess my question is, what corners will Apple cut, or what, you know, what trade-offs will it have to make uh to make it be at the right price, given that the cheapest iPod Touch or the cheapest new model iPod Touch is three hundred dollars, right? Two ninety nine. Right. Well, and I think that's well. There's a one ninety nine last year's model. You can buy right. the, the fourth generation for for one ninety nine. But I think you, you're raised the bigger issue, which is that what happens to the iPod Touch if there's an, you know, an, an iPad Mini for two forty nine or two ninety nine. Well, I think there's an interesting point in that in that I think you made an interesting distinction there, Dan, when you're talking about the price umbrellas in that you go the iPhone is clearly distinct from the iPad as it's right. you know, they're both iOS devices, but they're they're very different devices. I think you could make the argument that maybe I feel like the iPod Touch to the seven-inch iPad. Yeah, there's some there's some bleed over there. There's some potential cannibalism, but at the same time, I think there are things that you might use an iPod Touch for in the even smaller size that you would you know that would prevent you from buying an iPad Mini. I think kids, especially, I don't know. I, I feel like it's pocketable and it's got you know it's got such a reputation as a game device now. Um, and I think it also depends on the way that we look at how software gets adapted to these this new seven inch size right because smaller ipad games versus you know the ipod touch you can do anything on there that's that's an iphone app you know runs at the same exact resolution etc so i i don't know depending on how software makers have to adjust what they're doing the ipod touch still might make more sense for certain types of applications than a smaller ipad yeah, I think that I think that's true. I think there there are still reasons for it, but I think for for the average consumer who walks into a store and says, "Hmm, wait a minute, I can get this for two forty nine and this for two I mean, it's, I think it's just Apple has a you know Apple's way is very distinct product lines. You know, it's clear what what's used for what and what price gets you here and there. It just to me, this is blurrier than they usually do things. I was going to say, it's also weird in that, you know, people have derided uh, Android manufacturers for years for not making anything that's iPod Touch, 
you know, style. Like it's either a phone or a tablet, right? You don't have mm -hmm. the option to buy a small pocketable Android device that doesn't have a contract on it. Um, and that was always kind of a unique selling point for Apple and one that Android hasn't concerned itself with. But I think it did very well for Apple. And I, you know, I agree that that, that potential for a pricing blurry line there is tricky. But at the same time, I think I think Apple either just, you know, will say, hey, we'll take the upsell if people are going to pay 50 bucks more for a mini iPad or they think there's still a distinct market for the two. I want to step back a little bit. And when people were talking to Apple about a tablet of this size at one time, Steve Jobs famously claimed that it wasn't a good size. And yet, apparently, this may happen. So is this a matter that of a device that Apple really believes in, or are they simply trying to suck all the air out of that market and own it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I think that one thing we haven't seen yet is the exact size. And right now, most of these tablets that I think are in the marketplace now, are they do get to that seven-inch diagonal. And if if rumors bear true, I know we don't we don't trade in rumors, Chris, but if the rumors bear out, this uh, device looks to be you know slightly larger, 7.85 inches. Now, 0.85 of an inch isn't much, but that actually turns out to be a considerable increase in actual surface area that maybe one of the other Dan's can run the actual numbers on. I don't I don't do math; I write <laughs> words. But um, you know, it's, it actually ends up being a lot more space. And to me, the big question is. Will it work? And my, I believe the answer to this question is yes. But will it work in a way that apps that are already made for the iPad can just run smaller? Uh, if developers have yet another size, they're going to need to start targeting to make their apps be optimized for this device. I think that'll be a tougher sell because it's I feel like it, at least on the developer side, I mean, developers will do it. They're not going to say, well, we'll just sit out this iPad mini because it'll never get popular because clearly it will but i feel like if it if it requires that extra space or extra effort then apple wouldn't wouldn't want to push it that way so i think to your question specifically it, apple wouldn't do it unless they actually thought they could do it and do it well in a way that satisfied customers and worked for developers and so i, I think that it's it's a device that they're going to be proud to ship that's my guess Steve Jobs also said they would never put video on an iPod, and of course right, was that gonna, was, was famously overridden. Right. Yeah, because Steve Jobs has never said something's a bad idea and then actually done it. Um, <laughs> but well, I, you know, like like Lex said, the size is not. It's 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 a little bit bigger than the seven inch ones. Um, I think that uh, I think that, assuming it's seven point eight five or whatever. Um, most people look at that and say, oh, that's really small. But the truth is that's really – that's over 60% of the current iPod's size. So it's it's not tiny. It's not like an iPod Touch. So so what I think that they'll probably do, and, and John Gruber mentioned this a, a few months ago, is um, they'll offer it at the same resolution as the non-retina iPad. So um, that would actually let them make a device that's about half the size in terms of screen as the current iPad – at a, at a pixel density that's actually pretty high. But what it also means is that developers wouldn't have to change any of their apps because any app current, that's currently compatible with the second and first generation iPad would work without any tweaks on the smaller iPad because it'd be the same resolution. Okay. Well, Lex brought this up earlier, and I think this is a, one of the major points we need to consider is what's the trade-off? So if Apple does indeed reduce the price, they reduce the size, what else are they going to give up? So what's going to compel me to buy this smaller device rather than an iPod Touch or settle for it when I could have a regular iPad? So do we lose Retina Display? Do we lose one of the cameras? Do we get an A5 processor instead of A6? Will there be a cellular option? 
Wow. I think I, the most I, likely options are that there's going to be, you know, the, the re- lack of a retina display, as we we're just saying, is, is seems most likely given that it would require different sort of it would require different levels of uh, graphics from the developers to make as lex was talking about before so i think that's the first thing to go it also makes it a lot cheaper because it's a lower density display um and i think that in addition to that i don't know i don't think they're going to try to sacrifice that much more i think we'll see some of the improvements we saw on the iphone 5 to free up space a lot so for example a lightning connector would seem to be a no-brainer on a smaller device because it takes up much less space um but i don't think they want to play the game too much of having to say we've we've removed things from a larger ipad yeah they might deal with a smaller or a lower uh, speed processor because they can get away with that um but at the same time i don't think they want to get too much into the point of like we're well it doesn't have a headphone jack or or (laughs) cellular or something like that i'm glad you said that because i needed a dan to disagree with i i think that we'll see some very measurable trade-offs that aren't for the point of it's it's not going to be like you know we only let siri on the iphone 4s where it's sort of an artificial limitation to to delineate i think it's going to be a cost-driven uh cutback because they want to be able to get close i think to the price range that uh, you know amazon's kindle fire now is like free with a bag of potato chips or something um i think it's 150 bucks but i my i imagine that if there are two cameras i'll be surprised um but i think that they'll both be the those lousier vga cameras that apple finally moved away from in the iphone and ipad um my i i agree with you chris you referenced the a5 processor i think that needing to drive a lower a smaller display means they can probably get away with the lower the slower processor and my uh my big time prediction for you chris is that i think the default the, the lowest entry level miniature ipad will come in at eight gigabytes instead of the now standard 16 yeah i i, I i'm for the most part i'm with lex here and that i think that 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 the, the the highlight or the, should I say the headlines after the event will be iPad Mini is really a big iPod Touch in that uh, <laughs> in that they're going to use you know the, the iPod Touch is generally a generation behind the iPhone in terms of the the um, the the processor and the graphics and I think that's probably in order to hit that price point is probably what they're going to do with the iPad Mini is that they're going to use the A5 processor and the slower graphics of the iPod Touch rather than the fastest stuff that we're seeing in the in the new iphone 5 um i've heard a rumor like that similar to what lexus said about the low end one being eight gigabytes and ah man i really hope they don't do that because you know the nexus 7 i've got is 16 and even it's painful sometimes because you put a couple movies on there and you're basically out of space uh it would shock me if with a an, a, an ipad mini size which would be great for viewing video playing games and things like that um if it only had eight gigabytes. Well, I'm going to, because we have two real Dan's and one honorary Dan, I'm going to agree with Dan on this one. <laughs> and, but I will say the last few events like this, where Apple released some new product, I went in with lowered expectations thinking, okay, well, they're going to try to do a less expensive device. And so they're going to cut this, that, and the other. And then Apple comes out and really they give you far more than at least I anticipated so I'm going to lean a little bit toward Dan Morin on this one and think that the cuts they make are going to make sense, but they're not going to feel draconian, where that I feel like I'm being pushed to the large iPad and that this is some kind of um, ill-equipped uh, second prize, that there will be something compelling about it that makes me 
want that smaller iPad, but understand that if I really want a full-featured iPad, I, I'm going to have to trade up to the other one. Otherwise, I don't see how Apple doesn't end up cannibalizing that large iPad. Well, no, I think you're right, Chris. I think, and I think that's kind of what what I was getting at too, in that you're going to see some slightly smaller, you know, lower performance because it's going to use an A5 or whatever. But but overall, it's still going to be a modern like like the iPod Touch now, which is that it used to be it used to feel like a cheap version, and now it's for the most part feels like just a thinner iPod or excuse me, iPhone, that I think that the big question for me is whether there's going to be a 3G option uh, on, the, on the iPad mini. Or a 4G. Excuse me, thank you. Uh, I mean, yeah, right. I mean, well, th that is a good question. And I think uh, it's hard because Amazon has launched their, you know, their Kindles. Their Kindle, you know, the basic Kindle, the e-reader has always, I think, or at least has always had a 3G option for a while anyways. Um, and so the newer versions, they've really hyped up. You know, they have the Kindle HD 4G LTE with wireless and, you know, comes with a free sofa or something. Um, and it's, I think that, that makes a lot of sense, especially given that Apple has this uh, increasing reliance on iCloud, um, especially for iOS devices. Uh, I feel like there's an idea of they really want this there to be data everywhere. And if you're making a device that's even more portable, it seems like you need to really appeal to that always on connection. Um, especially if, as to Lex's point, I, I don't necessarily agree that they're going to launch with eight gigabytes, but if you're going to reduce the storage space, then you better have a way of sort of compensating for that. And I think in a case like that, you're really going to want the ability to get online no matter where you go. Um, Yet they didn't do it with the iPod Touch. Indeed. Yeah, they haven't done it with the iPod Touch. I think that's in part because the, there's so much more of a gaming focus on the iPod Touch. Um, where that's considered to be something that's very self-contained in some ways. But I, I don't know. It's just something that, uh, for some reason, I feel that they might make a play on wireless here since it's been one thing that, they, although they've done very well, they've done it kind of conservatively. And, you know, Amazon, meanwhile, has gone off and offered, you know, what, for a year of wireless, I think, for 20 bucks or something. Right. Um, Do you see them parsing it as, as much as saying, yes, you can have 3G on, on the iPad mini, but you can't get the faster wireless if you want it? Again, I'm not sure they want to play that game because, right. again, like you're saying, I, I think they don't want to necessarily make it look like, yeah, we're making a cheap knockoff to make everybody happy. Um, I think I think they love to come out and say, the, as they do with so many of their devices, you might think that we would kill all these features off just to deliver a cheaper iPad. But no, we're going to give you everything that you want in an iPad. It's just in a smaller size. Yeah, yeah and, and I agree with you, Dan, that I think that Apple's vision going forward is always on internet connections uh, between iCloud and, and iTunes Match and all these cloud-oriented things they're doing. And, and just the increasing mobile focus, I think Apple sees wireless as sort of a, a default feature that they want everything to have. Um, but at the same time, I mean, that's, that's you know, uh, the Nexus 7, which is, 200 or $250 and is easily the best Android tablet right now. It doesn't have uh, 3G or 4G as well. Um, so th that's why I'm, I'm kind of afraid to make a prediction there. Apple would love to shut them down, though. Yeah, I, I do think I, I, I don't know. My instinct is that they won't bother putting it in because it's, it's like a laptop. If you want to get an Internet connection for it, you go where there's Wi-Fi right now, unless you have a, a hotspot that you take with you. And I think that if, if Apple's trying to put you in this, if, if, if they really are viewing the iPad as, as ushering in this new 
uh, post PC era, and this is going to be a smaller version of that. That I, I I feel like this is that is a key differentiator for Apple right now between you know a, a key way that they can say, look, you, you can get the the Pro model, which has this built-in internet that's always available by going up to the full iPad, but we can save some money on the building side and then some money for you to pay for it by by eliminating it on the mini. My guess is it won't be there. I do have to wonder, though, Chris. You mentioned you know they don't want to cannibalize their their larger iPad sales. When it, obviously, when Apple put out the iPad, it was was new, right? They defined the genre of what tablet computing looks like now, and they felt great. They said back then about the nine point seven or whatever inch screen size. Um, given how much people like uh, Dan Frakes love the seven inch tablets that they're playing with now. Uh, I'm willing to entertain the possibility that Apple is wrong. You know, that maybe one day we'll all think that the 10-inch original iPads were too big and that maybe the 7-inch one is the one that they should focus on going forward. Okay, well, Dan, you have the Nexus 7. I have a Nexus 7. Lex and other Dan, you guys have smaller tablets? No. Uh, I have a Kindle, like a basic bone, bare bones Kindle, but that's it. Me too. All right, well, then Dan Frakes, what... uh, what is that seven inch experience like for you? Are there things on there that you feel are ideal for a seven inch tablet and other places where you feel really squeezed and you wish it was larger? Yeah. Yeah. For reading, for reading books, reading Instapaper, uh, reading, well, if there was a decent RSS app, I would say reading RSS feeds, but there isn't. Um, but, but reading is a really, it's a great size. It's why the Kindle is roughly this size and that it feels like a paperback book size. It's lighter. It's easier to hold in one hand. Uh, I think for me, even if all I could do is read on it, but I could just put it on whatever apps I wanted for reading, I would probably personally buy a smaller iPad just for that. But that's because I read so much stuff. I consume so much of that kind of stuff. Um, it's also really nice, I thought, for, for watching movies when I don't need a big screen or when I want something more portable. Um, you know, even on a plane sometimes, the, the 10-inch iPad, when people in front of me are, like, leaning back, I can't, can't even stand it up. Um, but just to hold in your hand, my kids like it for that, too. Um, and for games, it's actually really nice. It's it's a really nice size for gaming. The uh, the iPad Touch is, is a great gaming device, but it's kind of small. The iPad is where I usually do most of my game playing, but it's, you know, it's kind of big and bulky if you're trying to play a full screen game and have the little, you know, on-screen controls. I really like that size for it. Um, In terms of what it's not good for, surprisingly, I find it kind of crappy for web browsing. I don't know if you've had that same experience, but for me, it's just, it's, it's not enough. It's not bigger enough than an iPhone screen to make it great, but it's not nearly as nice as, an iPad screen. So I find that kind of stuff, things where I have to have little price, precise um, on-screen taps, um, things with uh, just web stuff to be not very good. Okay. Um, Lex and uh, and Dan and honorary Lex, use your imagination. <laughs> Are there things that you can imagine with a smaller tablet that you'd feel like, oh, I really wish I had my larger iPad for this? I mean, the one thing that comes to mind for me immediately is typing. I find typing on the iPad, yes. you know, very different from the iPhone um, and probably, you know, certainly tougher than regular touch typing. But I think shrinking it down so that it's less than full size means your thumbs are no good and your fingers are no good. And it's, I don't know how you type on it slowly, you know, I guess. And, and Lex, that, that's actually a great one because the fact that I didn't even say that is mainly because I don't even think of this thing as something I would 
type on or create on. And, you know, the big rap on the iPad originally was, oh, it's for consumption, not creation. I mean, I think we've kind of put that to rest over the last couple of years. But I think with a seven inch design, that argument is actually kind of valid for me. Trying to type or create stuff on it just isn't something I want to do. Well, maybe we'll see them roll out a new uh, handwriting recognition or something insane. To, 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 to. Well, I mean, you know, this is the, we we talked about this a lot before the original iPad got released, and it turned out they just took the sort of you know most path of least resistance and just put it, the same keyboard on it that was on the uh, the iPhone pretty much. And now, well, we're going to probably talk about it. I I imagine I agree with you guys. I, I think it's going to be kind of a pain, but I don't think they're going to do anything terribly crazy with it either. Okay, so put yourself in the um, place of Apple's marketing department. How do you sell this thing? The smallest big iPad ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the, the grammar's not quite funky enough, so... Oh, you a good point. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, well, okay, so the background to that is that they, they have to sell the iPod Touch somehow, and they don't want to say, it's just like the iPhone, except you can't make a call on it. So instead, they target it at media consumption and mostly gaming. Yeah. So do they then do the same kind of pitch here where they say the funnest iPad you've ever used before? And no, cringe? no. I think this is it's going to be about reading. I think it's going to be fo- the, the one of the experiences they're going to they're going to push for it is the reading experience. Like this is meant to replace uh, Dan Morin and my Kindles. And this is going to be like your device that you take with you anywhere. This is the most portable iPad ever or something. The one thing I am confident Apple won't do. Uh, please don't make me look stupid, Tim Cook, is uh, run an ad where it has the iPod and the iPad mini together. I think they want you to think of those as very separate, and they're not going to want to compare them directly. I think it's going to be, you know, you've got your big and your little iPad, and you've got your iPhone and maybe the iPod Touch as as connected devices, but they're not going to want you to think about directly contrasting those two, the the iPod Touch and the iPad mini. They never do that. I think. I think if anything, it will be sort of, you know, their traditional sort of uh, contrasting wordplay or something to the effect of, you know, sure it's a smaller size, but it's not small on power, or it's not, you, you know, it's smaller, but it doesn't really lose the features that you've come to know from it being an iPad, right? That's the big marketing point of this is that it's still an iPad, and the iPad is bar, you know, bar none, far and away the most popular tablet being sold today. So you're going to get everything that you like about the iPad. You're going to get the apps. You're going to get the features. It's going to have the inter- the same iOS, everything like that. It's just in a smaller size. And I think that underscores the notion that uh, that apps have to run natively, that you right. can go to the app store and get stuff immediately. It's going to run perfectly. It's not going to be letterboxed. They're not going to say, oh, wait, or, and you're not going to have to double pixel size the thing that really, if this is going to be, you know, just like the iPad experience, except smaller, you've got to have apps that are just going to run right out of the box. Yeah, and I, I, think that I, I think that Dan and Lex both touched on how they're going to do this and that I think they're going to have two two pushes, two advertising pushes. One is for book reading, consumption, um, watching video and things like that. And they're going to pitch it as a consumption device. And the other is I think they're going to pitch it as a, as a gaming and entertainment device. And they're going to say something like half the size, all the fun, all the funnest. <laughs> right. <laughs> so l- let's go ahead and put ourselves uh, in jeopardy of embarrassing ourselves next week when this thing is actually announced. If, if indeed it is. I mean, already we could be just look like idiots for even talking about it. <laughs> What uh, what price and what size? Think this I, in, in terms of capacity. I think that I, I'm going to go against Lex here, and I think it's going to start at 16. I think eight gigs is a tough sell, uh, and 16's been pretty standard 
Um, it's the lowest versions of the iPhone and the iPad for a long time. Uh, and I think undercutting that, even if it's smaller, um, I think they're just opening themselves up to a lot of criticism. Plus, as Dan was saying, you know, you get a couple movies on there, you put some music on there, you, and you're out of room. So I think that's a hard sell. But I think as for pricing, the, the obvious answer to me seems to be, you know, uh, a two ninety nine to step it down a hundred bucks from the iPad, the older iPad. But at the same time, I think that's too expensive uh, to really get in against all those other seven inch iPads or uh, seven inch tablets. See, even I do it. Um, so I think two two fifty might be pushing it, but I think that's where they have to aim. Dan Frakes, I, I've been. I wrote about why Apple should do it a seven inch iPad. Um, I guess it was back in July, and I went through the same thing then. And it's it's either going to be two forty nine or two ninety nine for the entry level entry level model. I, I my I really want it to be two forty nine, but I can also see Apple saying, you know, other ones are two forty nine. Ours is worth fifty dollars more. It's two ninety nine. Um, and uh, in terms of capacity, I think it's going to be start at sixteen gigabytes. Um, unless here's my only caveat. There's 299 gives you the 16, and then they give you this little piddly entry-level one with 8 gigabytes for 249 just so they can say they have it there. I hope they don't do it, but it's the kind of thing I could see Apple doing. Um, and I think it's going to be, like we said, like 7.8 inches. It's going to be essentially about half the size of an iPad. Okay, Lex. I mean, I feel like if the Apple doesn't get a model in there at 250, then the whole then everyone's focus, regardless of the fact that it's undoubtedly, at least for, for folks who think like we do, that, that a smaller iPad is superior just by definition than, say, a 7-inch Android tablet of any variety. I feel like if they can't get to 250 then the story will become all about the price. So I think the entry-level one's got to be a 250 and I think to do it, they're gonna, it's going to be 8 gigs. And then I think that you're, you know, you'll probably be able to get tiers all the way up to, I can't imagine them actually costing more than 350 I think that's I think that's just too much. Yeah, um, I am going to. Um, I'm also going to go with 16 gigs. I'm going to go at 250 with the idea that Apple's doing this to kill off anybody else in that price space. So I think the the Nexus One or the Nexus Seven dies. Not right away. They're not going to pull them off the shelves, but I think it's it's going to be really hard to <laughs> maybe sell maybe they should. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then Amazon is is stuck. Apparently, they're already selling the things at cost. So hoping that people will spend their money on the on the Amazon store. And that's not the way Apple works, though. But I do think if they want to clear out that bottom end, as they've done with the iPod in the past, that they'll bring it in at 250 and we'll all gasp and get 16 gigs and go, OK, so now what you got, Android? And I think it's going to be phones at that point. And then to make it reasonable, maybe they take it up to 32 for another uh, 50 bucks or 75 bucks so that you so you're not encroaching on that large ipad area there's still some space between there but still you can feel like you're getting a very capable device for less than you'd spend on that on that big ipad well that chris you raise an interesting point to me and i think that's actually the most interesting thing in terms of pricing here is what's the most expensive one going to be are they going to go up to 64 and make it you know 100 or 200 dollars more are they going to add, add a, a 3g or 4g option which you know based on the iPad's pricing is going to add another hundred or so dollars. I mean, are we going to end up seeing like a $600 seven inch tablet? Or are they going to say, no, we've got a 16, we've got a 32 and that's it. I think it's more like the iPod touch. 
that they really give you two models to pick from. They keep it within a very confined space and they don't want to go up that far to where they're touching the full-sized iPad. I, I think to help distinguish the two, that's the way they take. A 64 gig one sounds absurd to me. I don't, I can't exactly put my finger on why other than it just, it kind of does. So I agree it's going to be 16 and 32. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it. So let's change gears just for a second. Um, Whenever Apple holds an event like this, some people believe that the company will announce everything plus at least two kitchen sinks. So, so far, I've heard 13-inch Retina Display MacBook Pro and a complete iMac refresh. So how likely do you think either or both of these are? Well, I, you could throw into that. I've heard a Mac Mini overhaul uh, as well. So mm-hmm. it sounds like the whole Mac. Uh, someone someone has wishfully been thinking that maybe Apple finally uh, update the Mac Pro since Pro. Tim Cook alleged they were going to do something at some point in the future, maybe. Remember, didn't he say when they upgraded it and people complained that it wasn't really an upgrade? Like, oh, we got something coming for you guys later this year. But he said, didn't he say um, 2013? Yeah. Yes, but exactly. he did say for the iMac, he said, no, that would be 2012. Right. So is, is I, I think the iMac. IMAC. Yes, I th- I mean, there's no time left. If Apple wants it to be for the holiday season, now's the time to unveil it and announce it, I think. So I think yes to the iMac. I think no to the Mac Pro. And I also think whenever that event, uh, the October 23rd event is done, I think that's when you'll be able to go download iTunes 11 or whatever it's called as well. And, and, and I'm, 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 and I'm going to say that also um, I think Apple is going to be pitching the, the new iPad mini in a lot of ways as an education product. And I think to go along with that, and as a reading product, as we said before, and to go along with that, I think, and I know uh, our colleague Serenity Caldwell is, is is down on her knees praying that we're going to see updates to iBooks and uh, and another push into that area. Yeah, I think she's, she's also speculated about an iBooks author update, which might also be a possibility. Right. I'm going to throw in my head on a... Uh, a, a very long overdue iWork update since it's been yes. iWork 09 has been kind of long in the tooth. And I'm I'm kind of hoping that they're going to rev something pretty big there since we're coming up on, you know, in January, it will have been four years since a major update to the iWork yeah. suite, which seems a little ridiculous. Yeah, I'm with you there, Dan. I was thinking that just the other day. A, a new iWork, it seems, seems way overdue. Well, if they're going to do new iMacs, which we seem to think maybe they will, does that also mean new iLife? I don't see iLife as a product anymore. I mean, honestly, especially now that everything is pushed through the the Mac App Store and the iOS App Store and everything is separate, they don't sell as a bundle anymore. Um, It just doesn't feel like like an iLife bundle anymore. It feels like, okay, we're going to update each of these when that particular one is ready. If that means every two months or every month for one and every year for another, that's the way we'll do it. You know, I do uh, on that topic. I, I I feel like it's inevitable there will come a day that you know whether it's GarageBand or iPhone or what that Apple has a significant update and has to do the the old pull the old version from the App Store and make it a new one so that you have to buy it all over again because it's I don't my point being I don't think Apple can support free upgrades to those apps forever which is what it would be if they if they only updated traditionally in the Mac App Store. Right, and because yeah. of the iMac, I do wonder about the bundling of these things because when you get a new Macintosh, you get iLife. I mean, we don't see that as separate apps, although you can purchase them that way, but rather, look, there's a suite of stuff that's on here. So that's why I, I wonder if possibly, yes, they decide to rev it all, because and another bit of it is that um, there's iCloud. And right now we've seen iCloud integration with iWork, and they've done that through upgrades, but we've seen nothing at all 
in regard to the iLife apps. And, and that may be for good reason, because you don't really want to try to back up a GarageBand file to iCloud. But I would think there'd be something going on with iCloud, given how strongly Apple is pushing it. I wonder on the iLife front whether it instead becomes, I think, I, part of me thinks that they will go the other direction before they pull them and make new apps, which is to say that they'll make them free. Because I think at a certain point, they become showpieces for the platform and having those available. And the fact that you can get them for free with the Mac anyways, you know, if you got a new one and they, you could, if you got a new iPad and could go download GarageBand for iPad because it's such an impressive piece of software, I think that the amount of money that they make from those is probably a pretty small percentage of the money they're making. Again, devices, right? They make their money from devices. And, and sure, it helps if they can sell that for, you know, no, 5, 10, 20 bucks. But part of me thinks that those things are so a part of the platform that Apple would more likely make them free before they made them, you know, totally new versions that they pulled. Okay. So just to make sure that we're on the record so we can be embarrassed next week, let's go around the table again, starting with Lex. Uh, so what else are they going to introduce other than this iPad mini? iPad mini, uh, new iMac, um, uh, iTunes, the new iTunes will get released. And uh, I'll agree that we'll see something in the iBooks ecosystem. I don't know if it'll just be a version for the Mac or if it'll be an update to iBooks Author, but something fancy and new with iBooks. Okay. Dan Moran. Uh, iPad mini. Uh, I'll see new, uh, a new Mac mini and iMac and uh, iBooks and iWork. Okay. And Mr. Frakes. Uh, iPad mini and iMac on the hardware side. Um, as Lex said, iTunes, new version of iTunes. Uh, and then new versions of iBook iBooks author and iWork and maybe even integration between the two. Okay. Very nice. And uh, as host, I'm going to opt out. (laughs) (laughs) Under the bus. That's the kind of power I have. So there we have it. Informed speculation, not rumor mongering from the editors of Macworld. A week from now, we'll know just how right we were. So thank you, Dan. You're welcome, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) And Dan. Uh, is this the real da- other Dan or honorary Dan? Just, uh, whoa, 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 real Dan? What does real Dan mean? <laughs> you just know by the inflection of my uh, voice. Of the two left over, <laughs> a real Dan or an honorary one? Uh, no. Anyway, thanks, you, Chris. And you too, Dan. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> as it is for all of us as well. And that wraps up this edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank the three Dans and, of course, you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-967-3622. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, macOS, iOS, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you around.